0: Hello and welcome to Silence, a podcast where women get really honest about surviving and thriving in what often feels like a man's world. My guests are wonder women from the fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, or STEM, where inclusivity and diversity can be a real problem. I know this only too well as a female Southeast Asian mechanical engineer. I'm kind of a minority within a minority. I'm Dr. Shanice Omara, an engineer-turned-broadcaster. Throughout my career, I've worked on and reported on some cutting-edge technology and innovation. And through my TV work, I've met some incredibly inspiring women from a diverse range of STEM fields. Talking to these exceptional ladies has often left me feeling empowered, hopeful, and excited about life. I believe silence will enrich you too. Every week, a woman in STEM shares her unique experiences with absolutely no pressure in having to promote her accomplishments or guard her impressive reputation, because I've come to realize that everyone is just way more open and relaxed when they're anonymous. So I deliberately disguise my guest voices so that we're just connecting as human beings rather than human doings. It's my hope that you really relate to what we chat about today. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even rate and review the show. I'd love to have your feedback. This week, my guest is in the field of digital learning. Hi there. Hi. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I must say, it kind of made me chuckle that um, in order to get our technical problems sorted out this morning, uh, we had to get your husband involved. (laughs) Is that really the behaviour of women in STEM? Uh,
1: I know, I know. Well, look, we've all got um, <laughs> things that we flourish in, and I'm afraid that he's flourishing pulling apart computers as a young child. And as we know, as girls, we were encouraged to play with dolls. <laughs> Well, you know, that's yeah. where the fairness, you know, if I was encouraged as a young lady to um, tinker with uh, a, a digital equipment or computers, yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have been able to fix that issue.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's kind of amazing that we're starting with this because I do find that often when it comes to gender conversations yeah. um, in STEM, it's always down to that old kind of belief that boys should be messing around with very sort of boysy things, and girls should be messing around with things that are pink yes. and fluffy. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, where do we stand today? Because I honestly, I'm, I'm like, I, I just don't know where we are with it.
1: Well, I think it's really. It was funny because last week, um, I took the kids to Hamleys and. I have to say it was an eye-opener there because you you just had to go on the floors that were targeted at girls and there was nail varnish and there were dolls and there were more dolls and there were more dolls and then you went to the boys' um, floor or, you know, they don't label it that but you went to... And it was way more fun. Oh my gosh, it was like Transformers. It was... (laughs) Cool stuff, and it's like, what are we really doing to our girls in 2020? Still, yeah, yeah. And I mean, our boys, and our boys as well, because our boys are—you know—we we talk a lot about women, but you know, I feel that um our men miss a lot out of—they uh, don't get a chance to, you know, be around their kids more, and you know, get in touch with that side. So uh, on both sides, there's you know, there's issues.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you, and I often feel like. I shouldn't be marketing my podcast as a podcast for women because actually it's male attitudes that we need to open up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I feel like. Inclusivity. We need everyone on board. Absolutely. And I feel like men actually don't get given the chance to hear from us women because we're in the grand scheme of things quite mute.
1: Yeah, totally. And if we look at the stats as well, you know, um, the biggest suicide rates are amongst men, and it's it could be due down to them not getting into their. You know, we speak a lot to each other, we open up our hearts, we have a good cry. Men are told, you know, it's not good to cry. All of those those things, and um, yeah, on both sides, there's big issues, and it is all about inclusivity yeah. and us educating men because I, you know, my other half. You know, I, it's, we've been together for, gosh, 28 oh, years wow. or something. But, yeah, when when I think about it, you know, I it was very much I was the, the person, I was the female role. And then over time, it's evolved where he's had to stand up and take on a lot more things with mm. the children. And, um, you know, if I go travelling for a week and I come back and the house is a mess, I'm pretty grumpy. And he now realises that he has to tidy up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So why why have things changed between the two of you over oh, the 20 years? I think well, I've taken more of a stand of what
1: I want as a, as a, a human being, um, in that I want to have my career and eat it. <laughs> I want to be able to do what yeah. I want to do, but I do want to be able to you know spend a lot of time with um, my my daughters, and mm. for me to be able to do that, I need support. You know, we need to, this needs to be a partnership. So we do actually need to split the the partnership. Whereas, you know, traditional roles where women took on the roles of looking after the children, men went out to work. Well, m- me and my other half, we do both. So, you know, when he's got a big, he, he does technical stuff, but when he, he's got a big gig, he's got to go off and do this tech. Um, I have to support him. And if I have to go off and do my tech, he has to support me. And we, we've slowly, you know, it's taken, there's been trials and tribulations, but um, mm-hmm. we're slowly getting there. We are getting there after 28 years.
0: (laughs) Gosh. I mean, first of all, well done for staying together for 28 years because that's something that's really changed over time as well. You know, two people having children and not staying together because, you know, the world's changing. We can travel more. There's more opportunity, temptation, uh, this need to always uh, be instantly gratified. So um, well done for sort of, sticking with each other and um, traveling that journey of change together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I'd do really without him. I don't think, you know, especially with our daughters, they they love their relationship with him is so special and mm. um, they learn so much from him, you know, mm. um, in terms of playing with tech and things like that as well, you know, those deeper yeah. elements that I wasn't brought up with and it's so, they, they've got a different perspective than, they're so empowered as as young women they really are which I I just love I can't wait to
0: see their journeys. And do you reckon that's because of their dad or because of a combination of their mum and their dad being in tech? Yeah I think it's a combination yeah they see me and I've always
1: um I never I grew up very humble beginning so um you know I grew up with Gosh, my mum suffers from mental health issues. We had drugs and everything around us. I had I sold drugs as a kid, and going through a journey like that as a kid, I wanted to give my my daughter stability and be able to open up their mind. And I didn't have that typical girl's. Um, uh, my mum wasn't a typical, uh, you know, traditional woman. Uh, she had many many children with many fathers you know if anything she was really really um looked down Mm. on because she was quite a free female Mm. but that I was very lucky to have that element around me um and then my dad you know he sort of went and did whatever he wanted and was very he's quite a genius in terms of his thinking and you know he wanted to sail around the world so he bought a boat and he just did it um so having around me yeah he is he's quite a interesting guy and um I think having that around me just opened up my mind. And then uh, the other half, he's had, you know, quite he's he's West Indian and he's had quite a diverse upbringing in terms of different nationalities in his house as a kid. And all of those flavours, our children are, you know, they literally touch every continent. I've got Indian Uh in me and, like, it's so amazing. Yeah, yeah, my daughter moved it out, like, literally in their blood, is running every continent Mm -hmm. in the world. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. But, yeah, I can't wait to to watch what they achieve as females. Because when I tell my daughter, my 14-year-old, that women get paid less than men in some roles, she just, you
0: know, well, she... <laughs> She's just, like, Yeah, what? and it doesn't make sense to that generation. And no. you know what? They may be a generation that don't really experience that. They, they may be a generation that won't really experience that because things are changing so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping it doesn't take a 100 and something years, as mm. the stats say. I'm pretty sure our girls are not going to have it. And it'll be, you know, that bit more Icelandic mentality mm. where they're going to force the issue. Um, because I think sometimes issues do need to be forced because society just allows them to go
0: Yeah, on I mean, what linger. issues are we talking about? Because I do find that when it comes to diversity, inclusivity and gender issues, yeah. I just... It's so deeply complex and multi-layered that I kind of get lost in the debate.
1: Yeah, well, it's hard, isn't it? Um, it's really, really hard when you think about society and what we expect of people. And I think, you know, especially I am um, i grew up on a council estate and really, you know, I was the poorest kid on the council estate. And it, even now, when I go into a room full of tech leaders, I do feel like sometimes I'm often the only person there. Um, You know, I went recently to one of our big TV uh, broadcast organisations and even there, the the way I talk has always been very different. And when I was younger, I used to think I needed elocution lessons or I needed to, and I'm quite um, a glam lady as well. I love, um i love heels i love looking or being glam and um sometimes people make a ju- judgment on you and you know also i always get asked who do i work for not what do i do or you know it's a, a, an assumption that i haven't mm-hmm. got my own business as well that i work for someone um and then when i say that i've got my own business they're completely shocked um and it's it's interesting that people make um a stereotype about you but you're right you know this is deep rooted when we look at racism and is an amazing author um Akala and he writes about racism and you know how it's institutionalized and that you know in the 80s they in the 70s and 80s they had you know a curriculum that actually held back young young black people i mean the extremities of society Um, and then we you know people go oh we're still talking about racism well yeah we are and for one people that's usually for one thing it's usually a white person saying that I mean I'm white skinned but my daughters are black you know um, they're mixed race their class is black which is interesting because they have a white mum and a a black father but it's um, yeah it's so I I do worry about them in society we live in London and I'm very lucky London's so diverse but when they go out of London um I think my daughter she's only really my 14 year olds um you know dealt with racism when we was in Spain once a kid called her a name um you know she was she's never been called that name before so she was pretty you know none the wiser but we did explain it to her and we've watched films and we've spoken about it um but yeah racism's deep it's very deep and um it's something that when people say you know, why are we still talking about slavery? And you're like, well, if you knock uh, a whole, you know, Mm. a whole society of people, a whole group of people down that much, that their confidence from them like a lot of women actually you know my mum her was stripped from her as a woman and she didn't think she had the she didn't think she had the brain the, the she just she couldn't even fill out an application form and it was only when I went to college and she came to college with me and then she she was like oh there's a there's a really good job should I go for this and oh. I helped with the application form and then she worked in that she's worked in that job for the last 20 years it's so interesting yeah and it's so interesting that she helped you know my whole childhood Mm -hmm. would have been so different if she had had that that small piece of confidence and that could have been you know interview skills filling out a CV um and I'm a trustee for an amazing charity and we're finding there's a huge issue with just those skills um young people that are growing up in underprivileged backgrounds you know they don't know how to to sit to act to you know to get past that interview stage which is just so ridiculous anyway, because it's, an, you know, it's not even an hour and you're given a job usually based on that. You might have a few other, uh, you know, a few other follow up um, interviews, but no one really knows what you're like until you actually get into the job and work. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. When we take that judgment. But there's an amazing um, friend of mine, June Sarpong and her book on diversity. And the reason why she wrote di- her book, Diversity, was all because I mean, she's a black woman and she made a judgment on a young black boy because oh young black man he had tattoos all over him and you know she thought oh gosh gang where's he from and actually you know she felt oh my gosh I made that judgment as a black woman um I need to yeah and that's where she felt compelled to write this book Diversify which you know brilliant and really does look at the the space and what's been going on especially with women and how we've been treated over the years.
0: Gosh I mean there's just so much there that we could discuss I mean it really is complex there really are many many issues many angles to just even one of the issues and and it's kind of like a minefield of what to tackle first it's so interesting the the where you're coming from because you know you've got so many um life experiences which which often get people discriminated against I don't even know where to start. I'm like, should we start with the fact that you're a woman in tech? Should we start with the fact that you've got so many different cultures (laughs) and ethnicities kind of running through you? Um, Yeah, But where to begin, really? It's like, first of all, thank you for voicing all these things. Because, I mean, people just don't know where to start with the discussion, so they don't start the discussion. Yeah, well, you
1: know, um, when people go, well, they should, they, you know, when people from, you know, council states and they're like, oh, they should go and get a job or speaking to someone the other day. Like, you just don't have an idea of how you feel. You, you're just, you're brought up on a council state and, you know, the local people around you uh I'm afraid you, your options are you get pregnant as a, uh, my options as a kid, where I got preg- I could get pregnant, I could sell drugs, I could go and do prostitution maybe or be a stripper, which lots of girls that I know that were from my area did. Um, and that's how can we expect these young people? Um, and that's why we've seen a rise in knife crime and things like that. And, you know, they've got no, I was so angry. I was so no angry. There choices. was no there was no opportunities. And I was so angry. I thought that the world mm. was this awful place and and then you know, I was very lucky to go, uh, had a, a person that encouraged me to go university and it opened up my eyes. And then i got these amazing people that's actually supported me. Because if everyone in, an, if you stick all the poor people in one area, they've got no one to look up to. So that's what we need is more role models. And it's something that we're on a mission with. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because I did a bit of research recently and I was trying to find just examples of role models. If you grew up on a council state, you know, just searching on the internet what you would find of role models and there is yeah. nothing that actually yeah there's people you know I know some footballers and some musicians and, and some tech people but no one's actually talking about them so I think there's a huge opportunity and you know most of the population are um, you know low income they're on low incomes and need to, mm-hmm. the opportunities digital and tech can offer somebody on um, low income is phenomenal If they realise, if they're, you know, you can't be what you can't say is, um, yeah.
0: Do you know what? I had a conversation the other day um, with people that were basically trying to decide between um, an excellent university and a (laughs) less excellent university. And it was kind of all very privileged and the conversation was oh well you know now everyone's going to university and there are just so many different types of degrees and so many people able to get into university that all the standards have dropped and I was just thinking what like you know I as someone in an ethnic minority I am so grateful for those opportunities to let Mm -hmm. anyone from any background at least have a chance at an education yeah totally I I just I didn't even know where to begin with that I was like maybe I shouldn't even be part of this discussion because you know it's not about standards lowering it's about standards rising I mean if the only choice is going and stripping for a living like yeah (laughs) or getting into an apprenticeship to study some sort of tech you know I'm just like what would you rather choose it's just gobsmacking really
1: yeah, no, it's it's painful. It's painful for our young people, and then we we wonder why, you know. And it's very lucky if you are very privileged, and which is great, and you've got the support, and you you know, you know what direction. But our young people that haven't got that support, and as a kid, my mum, as I said, had mental health issues. My dad wasn't actually around when I was, you know, in my teenage years, that were really, really important, and I had no one. I had no one. I remember writing my first yeah. essay for. Um University, and i just i wrote it in the first person, and i didn't know i didn't i had no one to lean on I just didn't know what I was doing and to be honest that's you know most of my life but i'm i'm do I'm really good at working it out, and that's been a real gift and I think that's based on my upbringing you can't buy the freedom that I had mm. from any university you know or any private school um and that's what I want young people that have um a diverse upbringing to you know understand that it's a you get a skill um in terms of empathy in terms of being able to you know talk to anyone um you know i go up to homeless people all the time and hold their hands and talk to them because i feel that it's vital that these people most of them are suffering from mental health issues most of them are ex-military you know um they they're not there no one Grows up going. I, yeah, I remember when I was in LA um, in Hollywood a few years back, and some um, my friend was with me, and I was like, "Oh, look at that homeless person." My friend was like, "You've got to stop feeling sorry for people." And I was like, uh, "Why?" I think they, no. they grew up yeah. going. I know what I'm going to be. I'm going to smoke crack, and I'm going to live on the streets. But it's not what anyone makes a choice to be. You know, um, it's circumstances mm. and situations. And as a kid, we had so many different situations touch us. You know, my stepdad was um, a heroin addict. My my sister was abused by um, the next door neighbor, sexually abused. Um, loads of awful stuff. And it feels like uh, it feels like a nightmare that didn't really exist in my life. But it also gave me so many skills going forward in the life that I'm living now, and how I believe that I can help open up people's minds because privileged, when you're privileged, it's not your fault that you think like that. I don't think it's that you haven't been exposed to certain situations and to see certain situations. I remember Theo Papitas did a program with BBC. And at first, he was like, Oh, well, these people should work harder. And then when he saw that this poor single mom had like three jobs, she couldn't work harder, and he felt awful. And um, it's just that when you're, you know, privilege, and you're getting to go to the best places in the world and the most amazing restaurants, you can't see, you know, you can't see it. It's not really your fault. It doesn't touch your path, you know.
0: It's It's no more your fault not being able to see um, people less privileged than the less privileged being able to help themselves sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of – it's kind of – I don't know, it's the same problem in reverse.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. It's just that you're not experiencing it. And if if you, it's, I think Channel 5 do a programme where you get the rich kids swapped with the poor kid or something like that. And it's whenever I've caught it, it's so amazing because obviously the rich kids feel awful. They're like, oh my gosh. Do you know what I mean? They just... Yeah, you can't be you can't be what you can't see. It's that same thing. They don't understand. They don't. They would be horrified. I used to be starving. I never had food in my cupboards. Um, you know, we used to go and steal milk off of doorsteps.
0: <laughs> it was standard. Uh, do you know what? I just I couldn't agree with you more about sort of opening your mind no. to the lives of others. I mean, this is why gender balance and inclusivity and diversity is needed in the tech space because we need people that actually care about others we can't all just be going for that competitive edge all the time which you know I hate to say it but like that is usually a man's approach they're very very competitive wanting to leave the less fortunate behind
1: yeah it is and I think um, I think the more yeah the more women I've seen in tech the more empathy and um Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, the companies that have been created in tech, the Amazons, uh, the Microsofts, the Facebooks, they're billions and billions of pounds worth of money. Um, Apple, what are they really doing? I know they dip their toes, but they could be taking some, you know, amazing action. And I just think, oh, I just really want people to step up. I'm, you know, we're doing a lot of work. So we've been doing a lot of work in um, Barbados and Jamaica as well. So we're working with the innovation minister out in Barbados, um, teaching parents as well because that we need to. So we teach. Uh, we, we're trying to educate children, parents, and teachers because what we're seeing is our our pa- our teach our children are not are, are amazing. They're you know digital natives, but they're not amazing because they don't understand fake news and they don't understand sources and they don't understand their reputation online and then our parents at this text move so fast they don't understand how to encourage their kids to what is this coding thing and everyone's talking about coding like it's this thing that's out of touch and it's this foreign object that sits in the with the moon and stars and actually it's our reality and it's human and you know we created it so how can it be this foreign object that sits in the moon and stars but we've got to start getting people to understand that it is real. It's not this, you know, thing that sits in the middle of nowhere and, you know, these trolls, they need to be possible.
0: And and it's useful. It's useful. Like, you know, because sometimes new technology can just seem like this scary black box of something where it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to go near that because it will just be beyond me. And it's like, no, if you, it's not that hard to figure it out. Get the basics, even if you don't get like the the most advanced, stuff, just get the basics. And that's why I really support coding being taught in schools, because, yes, you may never be able to build your own sort of like app. But even just appreciating what coding yes, is. Yes. And the power. Yeah. Is and a start. The steps and the yeah.
1: sequences. And yeah, all of that. You know, I've I coded. I've coded. And that has given me, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not a code lover, I don't mind dipping in and out. I think, you know, because I haven't sat, because I haven't throughout my career sat there coding um, amazing applications. So, you, you know, it's like a foreign language, it's, it's really good to use it, and then you get better at it. Um, And exactly the same, mm. But coding, yeah, teaching it in schools is vital, but we've also got to, Get young people to understand that it's not just coding in digital. That there's a whole array of these amazing digital media. You know, you you can do videography, you can build a website, you can, and you don't need to code to build a
0: website. You can um, use cam. There are people that love love coding, yeah. so leave the coding to other people. I think the trouble with the way we introduce STEM yes. um, to young people, particularly girls, is that. Um, Girls also, I think, have a biological trait of, like, if they can't be absolutely brilliant at something, they don't want to go anywhere near yeah, it. Yeah, we do. Um, You're right. And so if we could just say to ourselves, all right, if I just learn a little bit about it, then, you know, uh, it will open your mind. And I think that's why I've had quite a different life compared to most females of my generation, yeah. is that because my dad was an engineer, I mm-hmm. thought, well, you know, I'll have a little bit of a go just so that I'm kind of doing something that my dad does. Yeah. But then it opened my mind to um the fact that I'm more than capable of doing it. And so I continue to do it and I got good at it. But I think girls really suffer from sort of constantly self-doubting and questioning themselves about whether they're meant to be there doing totally.
1: it. yeah we did them so uh um as we were talking about my friend who does the teen summits she had uh she has workshops and I was doing a digital workshop and 15 girls walked in I'm there with my heels you know looking quite glam. so they're like oh cool she looks cool they've all sat down and then one of them's gone miss what what class is this and I'm like Uh, digital marketing and they all got up to walk out and I was like get back here ladies and I said why what made you walk out because I you know you want to know what's going through these young people's minds and they couldn't relate to it and I said what yeah. career do you want to do? And one of them said beauty. And I said, well, you need to start having your social media profile. You need to learn how to edit videos because you need to. You what? It would be great for you to start putting videos up there. If you start getting that social media profile, creating your own videos, creating your own graphics with your beauty, you know, examples in, you a, a company will jump on you. A company will love what you're doing. They will think that you've got skills that nobody else in that space have and tech touches every career now it's not you know even the farmers you know they Mm. need to know about tech and that's what I want to um, that's what we're doing with um, digital learning is making sure that people understand that it's not just that you're going to build a website, that tech touches everything and it can be the most amazing tool. And a mobile phone, wow, well, that tool, you know, you, need, you need a lorry to carry the equipment that you've got in a mobile phone, you know, from a compass to a record player <laughs> to a, <laughs> a video recorder, you know, a TV, <laughs> it was your house. Yeah. <laughs> now it's in a little box that you yeah. know, a palm held device. And it's a library at your fingertips. You know, you can learn anything. And this is what we teach people. If you want to learn to put up a shelf, I dropped my phone into a swimming pool and um I sat there with my girls and we watched a video and I pulled my phone apart and they loved seeing inside a phone and I think that's, you know, my other half. That's the That's what he got to see was I never got to tinker inside the the mechanics. So when we go into schools and colleges, we take a piece of, you know, some computers and open it up and go, you know, have a little feel, See what a motherboard is. See what, you know, see what the processor is and and the memory and how that relates to the actual body as well. Because that's really interesting because it does. Everything relates to human beings. We created this. Um, So yeah, do you know?
0: I think some some old schoolers, um, maybe people of my generation or later, would be like, "Oh, do you know what? I'll just leave the tech to younger people," Mm -hmm. and yeah, they could do that, but they're not opening their mind. It's like just have a go, open your mind, have a deeper appreciation of what the world has to offer. Yeah, and I think that would be my argument for women going into STEM. It's like, its it looks really intimidating. It seems like a man's world. But if you take a few steps into that territory, you'll realize you've got every right to be there.
1: Yeah, totally. And I must, look, I've been very lucky. I've had my own businesses, so I haven't had to deal with, you know, internally in companies and maybe being held back. And I've always, I've, you know, gosh, all right, I've had people look at me and be like, oh, she seems a bit, you know, glam for tech. But I haven't really had people hold me back necessarily. Um, I've had a lot of people embrace me. I think when, uh, as a woman as well, when I hit the age of 30, there's a, we're we going through an age at the moment where women are really supporting women yeah. and, the amount of women, and there's amazing men that, are supporting me, that have supported me in my career as well, but the women are just fierce and um, I think we're seeing some real um women stepping up now and being able to get at the forefront of everything and people shouting as well if some yeah. if we see a mannel, people are like can we stop the mannels? you know we need a, you know we need some women on there we need some diversity on there um I shout out if I see an all-white panel especially in London I get really annoyed. manel <laughs> oh,
0: mannels, I was like What's that word? <laughs> it's basically a panel filled with men. Yes, That's genius. Yes. So it's
1: something, you know, a lot Love of us that. are shouting about in the tech at the moment. We're not Panels. having it. And, you know, um, there was, I think it, oh, it was a big media outlet and they had, it was in it was about the ad tech space and they had, you know, the four, the thought leaders and every single thought leader, there was like 20 and they were all white men. And literally our whole digital leading ladies um, WhatsApp group went crazy and now that company's backtracking that company's doing something about it that company knows that they are going to get um you know shouted at and pulled up about and this is not acceptable now so it's it's really interesting but it is an education field. Yeah, it That's is. Really it was amazing. It was amazing to see um, us making change as well. They had to change it, and actually, the Digital Legion Ladies Group have done that a few times now. It's happened numerous times where we've said, "Why is there only um, white males in this panel? What is this? You know, couldn't you find anyone? We've got a list here. If you ever need any help, <laughs> we're all here to help you." So, yeah, there is change happening, and I think it's yeah. um, it's really. Um, and also because there's so many women going into tech because i think it does give you such it gives you the ability to be able to have flexibility with your working hours as well you know um with my daughter yeah yeah i I've can heard that. i can do so much around my daughter's you know i i always pick up my daughter from school um and I know that I can go back and do my, my work later because I'm, you know, connected all in the tech tech space. But even down to, you know, my mum, she's um, she's semi-retired and she was like, oh, Lisa, she, wants, she loves opera. She was like, oh, I want to be able to still do my opera, but I need to earn a little bit of money. And I was like, well, what do you like doing? She likes signing. So I just set up, I created a logo on Canva. I showed her how to use Facebook and how to, um, you know, post in the communities. And now she's got a writing business and gets to do her opera. And that makes her happy. And, you know,
0: and it's, it's small pieces. It's really that simple. Yeah, um, yeah it's a small piece of it. It's having the courage. I mean, I must say, listening to you, um, one thing you, well, many, there are many things, but the one thing that really stands out is your courage. You're just like, screw it, I'm doing yeah. it. I believe I can do it and I'm going to just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, Where does that come
1: I from? I don't know. You know what as a kid, you know, we was the poorest on the estate um you know people would call us names I never knew I you know you'd get called a tramp I didn't realize I was that poor until you know the local kids called you that and you're like oh am I that poor okay um and I had to fight a lot um with my fists as well growing up which was really you know um really bad actually my best friend now who's amazing and it was her mum that encouraged me to go university I was awful to her I was a bully I was nasty had so much to deal with at home life. Um, I took it out on people around me, you know, in school. um, And this is what's happening. And it's so, so sad. But um, I think growing up like that, I had to find a lot of courage to just, you know, step out of what people's stereotypes were of me um, and fight for what I wanted as well. I had to do a lot of fighting. um,
0: And how did you know know.
1: what you wanted?
0: What was was informing you?
1: I don't know. I just I had I was very lucky. I had a lot of um, diverse um, skills around me. So, you know, my granddad, he had his own business. He used to be he used to do all the interiors for like Dave Bowie. Then I'd have my uncle who would pull up with his Ferraris and Bentleys. Um, He wasn't he didn't do it the legit way, but he, you know, he had a lot of money. And then I would have my mum's friends that would take me. To someone's house who had like you know a big massive mansion with a swimming pool inside but I was so lucky that I was taken out of the council estate and taken to what I could have you know or what life could be yeah. or you know um, given just a, a different view on life um and people in professions so I, I think that gave me a things you know to to learn that I could fight to get out of the situation I was in um and be able to have what I wanted and I think once I hit, I mean, hitting the age of 40 as well last year, I I went to a yoga retreat um, and I think there I just thought, I don't give a crap now. I'm just going to go for everything I wanted. I have done that for a long time though. I don't know where it comes from. Um, I know that my great-great-granddad, he was sent to India um, by Queen Victoria and he went to where no man went and, you know, he spoke um, tribal languages that no man you know definitely no white English man would dare to learn and he then he wasn't allowed to marry his um, his partner um, but he he had 10 children with her although I recently found a blog that said that he didn't have any children, children at all because obviously they were mixed race they were um, half Indian so I don't know I think it's a bit in your DNA where you, you know you may push the boundaries a bit. I'm thinking that. My my nan's family in India also were matriarchs. So I think I don't I didn't know find that out until recently, but I do know at eight I went into the head teacher's office and demanded <laughs> to be part of the football team and that it was unfair that was not allowed part of the football team. <laughs> I
0: You're don't know a where I got it
1: from. I just it, I think it's my mum as well. Yeah, and my mum and dad. My mum she never conformed to society my dad definitely didn't conform to society and I think um that made me think out of the box a lot um yeah
0: it's so amazing all these experiences yeah. you had like when you were young how 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 impressionable you were because I think we live in a society where we're always striving to be in yes. comfort and to be doing you know going to the best schools or trying to get the best this and that and it's like actually having the the worst of things can really educate you as well yeah it can actually and having
1: those experiences can teach you a lot and it's my dad is just this weird and wonderful like you know when I talk about I'm like oh Jamaica's getting really developed now and you know their GDP's going up and my dad's like that's not you know he doesn't he sees you know Somebody living in a mud hut in the middle of Africa, that's development for my dad because they're happy. And I think it's Einstein says, isn't he, that, you know, success is the simplest, you know, is having the simplest of lives. And actually sometimes we Mm. do, and I have to rein myself in and I think that's why, um, you know, because I do want to do a lot in life and I do put a lot on myself. So I'm lucky that I found yoga. I go running. I do meditation because I've got to have those down times. I listen to a lot of music. And I dance around mm. the kitchen often yeah. because I think you've got to be free. But also working with children, I think, really um, amazing, and uh, you know, gives you so much scope of how you know we put too much pressure on ourselves as adults, and we've really got to be. Prepared. The
0: teachers often, the teachers often get so much out of yeah. um, the experience of teaching, and you know, yes, obviously the student. Is hoping to get a lot out of it, but God, the teachers get so much out of teaching. Yeah. Um, I think it really, it really helping other people. Yes. Brings so much. It does. Um, it's so fulfilling. It does. And
1: it's something that we're massively doing. Um, so we're going into schools. Uh, actually, we're a charity. So, you know, I've got my, my, my business which is an agency and then we have our charity and we go into schools we're doing digital learning days so we've got one coming up next week um we've got a morning panel with amazing speakers from brenda romanis to Kanye king to gordon mack founder of kiss um and then we have um workshops so these brilliant companies like the creative engagement company who have sent a whole team of their virtual reality department to come and help these young people realize the different roles. So it's not necessarily um, what we want people to talk about is their roles and how digital has touched their roles because kids need to be aware that digital touches everything now. and we're also doing these uh digi, digi um, fests where we go into a local community which my local community is Penge and we've got these phenomenal people all contributing content we're doing we've got this exhibition company that's giving us all this equipment to um, make it look like something that people in these areas just don't experience um, we've got three sessions so the first sessions for all community uh, so it can be old, young, whatever. Then we've got the middle section, which is for, for young people and children. And then we've got our last section, which is for single parents, because there's a, it's hard being a single parent. Um, I've seen mm-hmm. it and I've watched it. And, you know, I've got people around me who are single parents and really trying to pull it together in this world that we live in that can come across as quite chaotic now. Um but yeah, it's it's amazing seeing how many of the digital um digital leaders in our in our country, in the world that really want to step forward and help people understand the possibilities of digital as well. So yeah, working you- with the government's been amazing as well. Seeing digi parents, you know, parents really they don't understand what their children are doing and it's really it's not a good situation we're in at the moment.
0: Mm. How did you end up in tech? I mean, did you not find it intimidating? What's been your journey to actually getting into STEM?
1: Well, I remember my uncle always being quite, he was really, I remember him having this robotic arm that he gave us. He he had um, one of the first computers, like, I can't remember, it had a little box and it was like a tennis, boop, boop, boop. I can't remember what it was called, (laughs) but he gave it to us. And then I went on a, exhibition um at the victoria and albert museum and it was all about japan and it had all about computers and tech and then i oh what else touched me then i i don't i just remember hearing about the internet and loving it was media production i went into and then i spotted this amazing digital uh degree. Um, It was at Greenwich University. And I didn't have I didn't have the qualifications anyway to even get into university because I didn't go to school, secondary school because of my situation with my mum suffering mental health issues. I moved my boyfriend in at 13 into my house. (laughs) So I had a very different upbringing, but um, I didn't go to school. During the last years of school, I thought, oh, my God, I remember my English teacher saying, you're going to get an F. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't. So I only came out of one C um, uh, and that was the highest I could get because that was the paper I was entered for. So I came out of one C grade and then the rest were like D's, E's, ungraded, whatever else. Uh, I did do, ai didn't know what to do. So I did a business administration course, which was basically secretarial. But I did learn to touch type, which has been an amazing skill going forward in tech. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a media communication and production it was a gmvq so it was equivalent to a certain amount of a levels applied for university got the letter back saying I spotted this course and it was all about the internet for oh my gosh that just mm-hmm. sounds amazing this is the future and applied and got the letter saying no, Um, um, rejecting me. But uh, my best friend, yeah, because I didn't have the disease, yeah. But my best friend, she got in. So I was like, oh, my God, she got in and I didn't. But I didn't give up. I contacted the lecturer of the degree, um, Tony Mann, and I went in and I sat down and he made me do a maths and English test and interviewed me and I got in. And then I sat uh, at the front of that class every single day and um, just – I just loved it. It was just amazing. We did coding. We we used Cubase to create music. We used Premiere to create video. Um, we used 3D Studio Max to do 3D graphics. And I remember our first piece of coursework actually, and it was to create. Something using the word journey, and I created. I mean, I was well ahead of the time with you know. It was like journey specs, and you click the buttons, and you went on a journey, and you could experience these different journeys. <laughs> I got ninety six percent, and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, and it, that made me believe in me. I think, and all the class were like, "You got ninety six percent." I it was the best in the class, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I've got ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay, you know yeah and then I came out with and yeah I just loved it I just loved yeah it was just amazing it, I got I, and you you got to create things don't you get to create stuff and see the end project and you know create a website and then some people are using it to to do stuff on yeah it, it just I love I love creating stuff even even down to you know I do every so often I love gardening. It's one of my pet loves. And just watching things grow. Um, I also, like, every so often sand down a piece of furniture. (laughs) And, you know, upcycle it. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. It's the creative. I love creating things. I think it's from my dad. Definitely from my dad.
0: Gosh, I mean, pure passion, like, authentic interest. And just, like, just unwavering drive to fuel your curiosity. I mean, it just, those are the things that were really making you succeed. It's amazing. It's just, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm utterly gobsmacked that someone who got a C, uh, English, um, and and no other qualifications really, um, can end up being so successful in like tech. I mean, yeah. you know, and it really is about personality. I mean, talk about role model, you know, for someone who just was like, do you know what? I'm not going to listen to what you should be and what you should have. Yeah. I'm just going to go for what interests me and just keep on going is amazing. It's just yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I, I remember, lovely, I did love Madonna. I thought she was groundbreaking when I was a kid. And she was, you know, yeah. she used to do stuff that no one else did. <laughs> didn't care what anyone thought as well. And I think, yeah, Madonna was pretty up there when I was, you know, when I was like nine, ten. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's just amazing, <laughs> this woman. She just didn't care what people said. She just did what she believed in. Um, yeah, she was a massive influence. And then later on in life, we just had just phenomenal women like, June Sarpong. I mean, she's just uh, the most amazing woman. in ter- She's a, a, a dear friend. I'm very lucky to have her as a friend. And she just believed in me and put me, you know, well in, out of my comfort zone. Like I remember one time she was like, oh, come and do a workshop. And she had this amazing thing at the um, hospital club in London. It, um, it was called We, Women Inspiration and Enterprise. And she was like, I want you to do all of the social and all the tech. And I was like, OK. So, you know, I just take things on like that. I'm like, OK, we can do that. And then she was like, I want you to workshop and I was like all right and then I turn up at the um at the the hospital club and on the window it's got like Lady Rothschild and June Sapong and there's Lisa Goodchild I was like oh my gosh (laughs) she's just like and then I'm like talking I'm doing a workshop to um Baroness Scotland who now runs the Commonwealth and I it was just and she came up to me went oh my god this is amazing what you're doing and I when I was doing social media like 10 years ago know what everyone's like what is this stuff it's just for kids Facebook's gonna die I mean they've been saying Facebook's gonna die for, for the last bloody you know 10 years and yeah it's oh uh, it's just I don't know I don't know where I get it from um I do think my dad has a massive influence in that because I'm um, yeah I just don't care what other people think and I can see the future mm. of things and I just realized how amazing social media was and I think that gave me a massive opportunity to reach out to people, or for them to see me and them to see me, you know, being passionate. And it's something I talk to kids about, like, say you want to go into any field, you know, as we said, it could be beauty or it might be robotics or it might be artificial intelligence or it might be you want to be the best manager. But start talking about those areas and getting passionate about those areas. And if you're reading and talking and, you know, putting out that content, people will start going, oh, they know about robotics. I need to speak to them. And, you know, your career will develop and you might not have gone to, you know the best university or but you'll know more than people at the best university if you focus on a particular area um I think it's um Malcolm uh Gladwell isn't it that says I think it's the 10,000 um hours sort of theory and yeah it's true if you focus on a particular area and talk about it with passion like I did with social media or tech people recognize you and um you start getting just amazing people around you I've had this you know brilliant woman Mary Keane Dawson and I remember she's like the the top of her game. She sold her company to WPP. And I was just like, why do you want to talk to me? But she did. She spotted me and she took me under her wing. And, you know, she, she's always sort of mentored me. And same as June and um, Brenda Ramanis, and um, the mm. amazing uh, Kanya King who founded uh, Mobo, who's got the most amazing story. You know, she she comes from... You know the hard knocks of life. I think there was nine of them or something ridiculous. Children. Her dad was from Ghana. Her mum was Irish. You know her dad suffers from alcoholism. Her mum and her mum had to put her into a um, children's home when she was younger because they didn't have no money. They were that poor. And then she had a child at sixteen. And um, against all the odds, she then created MoBo Awards, which is so recognised around the world and puts you know most people it puts it helps people who are super super talented and gives them a platform that no no one else would you know mm. it's still so needed you know the Brits are not going to find the likes of the Storms' and put them on a platform, I'm afraid. um, One day, hopefully, that will come. But, you know, I, I think I think Prince William's going to be having a dig, actually, at the BAFTAs about this. And, you know, we need to get diversity. And it makes for a better world and industry. But, yeah, I'm very lucky. I've had the most amazing individuals, believe in me. And I think one was my best friend's mum, um, Maggie, who I call my second mum, who she was the one that said, girl. Go to, to university. To uni. Go to university. Do not waste. Uh, and believed in me and told me I was smart and beautiful. I
0: didn't know. I just. Yeah. I didn't realise. I. You know. I really. You were too busy worrying yeah, about other yeah. things to think about what you saw when yeah, you to Yeah, I the really
1: was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the most. Um, Charles Wasmond, I took my. I took a business idea to a guy called Dan Wagner years ago and she was his business partner at the time and shes he was really, he was being a bit of a shark and, you know, trying to get a lot more equity out of us and I knew and I had a business partner at the time and I was like, he's not right and Char was... You know she was sort of falling out of him over you know the suggest- suggestion to rip us off really, and they parted Dan and Shah parted, and then me and my business partner parted and I went and worked um I went and created my own digital agency and Shah's always supported me through that you know, and reached out to um many people to try and you know help me progress and I think you know these amazing as i said there's a lot of women here that have recognized me, but then there's also a lot of men like. Media math, which was you know, ad tech and they're this big company. Well they weren't, there was a startup in New York. They're a big company now. But um I remember Eric Wasserman, and he was just he was like, Do you realise how good you are? And I was like, Are you talking to me? I was <laughs> just like, Are you sure? He was like, You're brilliant and I was like, Okay. <laughs> but it's just yeah, people with those nuggets of um giving you confidence have have helped massively.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? In listening to you, I think the major things that I'm gonna take away from our conversation yeah. is first of all a real reassurance that any shit that I've been through
1: yeah.
0: and any sort of areas where I have struggled and it's been tough and it's been um unfortunate and just really really hard must have taught me something good you know because often we can go into self-pity and go god that was just so awful and like all of my friends didn't have that I was the only one that went through that it was really really awful and now listening to you I'm just like I'm sure it taught me something I can figure out what good came out of it because I'm absolutely convinced that something did come out of it that was positive but if we don't focus on that if we don't focus on yeah. the positivity that comes out of all situations, we will get dragged down by it. And it's actually yeah, a it's choice. Such- it's a choice to go, do you know what, I'm going to focus on what good came out of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Someone said it to me the other day, because, you know, my sister was sexually abused. And someone said, well, you either go one way or the other. And, you know, you either end up on drugs and self-pity and all you fight back. And, you know, luckily she's had the um support to be able to fight back, but it's so true and actually, on our digital leading ladies group the other day, somebody put up a thing, and it was their child had lost their favorite pet monkey, you know, and they were trying to find this pet monkey and but it was like, guys, what are you doing i I had to say something I was like, just forget about the pet monkey, so what they lost the pet monkey like Get, let's get over this. You know, you're making it so it's such a big thing that this is devastating, that this is the worst thing that can happen. It's like, well, they lost a the pet monkey and someone might have gained a pet monkey. Can we please, you know, yeah, get it like
0: I get think it with, there's people dying as well. All things in life, um, it's really yeah. a choice of whether you want to look at the bad in what happened or whether you want to focus on the good. And, do you know, like yesterday. Yeah. I was doing a story with a guy who uh, became quadriplegic um, as a result of a snowboarding accident. And he's now involved in helping to develop technology that will really revolutionize um, his mobility, a big wow. trend in technology, which is brain-computer interfacing. And, you know, it's just so amazing that someone who suffered from such a devastating accident um, can be putting his experience to good use. And, you know, when, when we were with him yesterday, me and the crew... There was this moment of like, oh, we should be, you know, feeling really bad for him, really sorry and everything. And there just wasn't an opportunity to feel that because he was talking about his kids. He's got like quite a number of kids, but he was also talking about, um, you know, just there was no time to focus on what was bad about it. It was the technology is so exciting that we could only focus on the good. And also just listening to you today, it's like, you know, it's a choice if yes. you want to get weighed down by the negative stuff.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And you're right, you know, we there's so much tech bashing at the moment. And, oh, there's just, yeah, I think that tech gives you just the most amazing opportunities as a young person. Um, You know, the library for me as a kid was everything. And actually, that's what influenced me as well. It was the first place where I got to... um Deal with a, to touch a computer. You know they've just got the computer to search for books. And me and my brother used to sit there all the time searching for books, going to find them, and then going back to the computer. <laughs> what book can we find? And um, you know we we that's what we try and teach the young people is that you've now got a computer a library at your fingertips and to use it as such and to teach yourself anything and don't wait for your teachers to teach you either. Don't sit there and just wait and go, Oh, well, I'm going to wait for my math teacher. It's something I teach to my girls. I'm like, your teachers are just, uh, you know, they're trying to open up your mind onto this space. You're, it's for you to go and teach yourself. You know, it's for you to go and um, teach yourself more. And I, I know I'm never ever going to retire because I don't want to. I just think, you know, there's no way I'm ever going to stop. I'm never going to stop learning as yeah, there's too much. No, to it's too much to do. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's just much so much discover. cool stuff to do, and there's so much knowledge you can share to other people. So. Something we're doing—we're working with, um, as I said, Jamaica and Barbados, because we want to work with the Commonwealth predominantly, because there's so many opportunities in the Commonwealth, in India, in you know the continent of Africa. What you know, the people there. And actually, what's amazing about Africa, there's a a brilliant guy called Ashish Thakur, and he's got a book called *The Lion Awakes*, and it's all about the opportunities that Africa has to offer. And they've skipped a whole complicated um, technology in terms of phone lines and all the wires and they've skipped to- and it's um mm, it's going to be an interesting space uh and what these people you know when you look at when you listen to the music coming out of africa um the tech that's coming out af- out of africa and actually ashish has just built his first the first mobile phone factory to create um, mobile phones in africa in the continent of africa and um I'm excited for Africa as a continent to see what, what how they flourish. And I think, we, you know, the Brits, the, the mm. USA, we've got a lot to learn from these nations. Um, and especially like when you go to places like Morocco and, you know, they're not the ones polluting the world. They're not the ones messing up everything. You know, they're using, when, when you see an old, you know, like 80-year-old mm. opening up his garage and he's got so much equipment in there, like recycled stuff, <laughs> and there's us just, Throwing
0: away at you know, yeah. everything and everything. Yeah, after yeah. A single use. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Do you know what your your positive attitude is so infectious. Um I think the other thing, major thing that I'm gonna take home from listening to you today is just this idea to stop caring so much about what yeah. other people think it's really held me back yeah. in my own life it's worrying about looking yeah. good you know coming across right um building my reputation yeah. all of that and it's like screw yeah. it if it's important to me I should just go for it and that is something I've really heard in your message yeah, today. it's so
1: true yeah you just got to go for it I, I look I'm winging most of my life. <laughs> I I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going for it. I've got a. I've one that we want to educate five million people across the world in the next four years. You know, I know we can do it when we've got our digital platform that will be able to spread the the message more. You know, I didn't. I it was all through. I didn't think I'd be working with the Barbados government or the British government, and it's all just pushing in the right direction, and it ends up you know developing and if people see your passion and your love and um what you want and they sort of believe in you you know you get people that just want to help and it yeah it seems to develop and yeah you know I'm the same as you i i think reaching 40 i started going oh don't give a shit right that is it i don't give a crap i am just doing this i don't care what people think i'm embracing the way i talk because i stand out when i'm in a room especially when i'm in a room of you know the top uh the i wouldn't say the top the 10 the the 10 percent you know high you know with all the bloody money you know which i've been in i've been in a lot of rooms like that. last year i you know i i met Prince Charles in Barbados, and it was all—it was all just this weird, wonderful thing where the Prince's Trust got in touch with me and said, "Oh, we need help in the Caribbean. You know people. I introduced some people. And they went lisa are you going to be there? We've got a party. Are you going to be there?'" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know, but I suppose I must. I better be there." And then I turn up. And yeah. Go, oh, Lisa, we want you to meet Prince Charles. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Oh my god. Well, yeah, it was such Ooh. a weird. Yeah, it's weird, but wonderful.
0: You. You are a total inspiration. I could just listen to you for hours and uh, I've just got a massive smile on my face because you are just so full of life and it's been amazing having you on this show. Thank you so oh. much.
1: Oh, well, it's, do you know what? It's funny that you say that because I remember watching you talk and I had exactly the same feeling about you. So, you know, we need more of us in the world oh. because it's been slowly you know we're going to get there we're going to get more more women more boys more you know girls involved in tech and that's the aim
0: too true oh thank you so much that's it from my stem guest this week oh i'm just so full of i just feel tingly listening to my guest this week she is so amazing and so inspiring i mean there is nothing this woman cannot do, it seems. And, you know, she's been through a lot, but she's always stayed on the positive side of life. I mean, this is a woman that won't be defeated. Thank you so much for listening this week. Don't forget to rate and review the show and catch you next week on Silence.